Welcome back to another episode of Two Average Husbands, everybody. I'm your host, Jake. I'm your host, Kyle. Welcome back to another episode. And Jake, what are you drinking this week? I am drinking Riverlands Brewing Company's Pastry Power, which is a cherry cheesecake sour. Cherry cheesecake? My first sour on the podcast. Not the first one I've ever had, but... But that sounds like a good flavor, at least. I had a very, very minor taste of this at our friend's home-brewed craft beer festival that she does. Um, I say home-brewed because it's literally just a bunch of people in her driveway sharing craft beers with each other. I had a very small taste of it, and I enjoyed it, so I decided to grab myself a four-pack of Binnies last night, so we'll see what we got here. I don't know why you would want a sour cheesecake. I mean, if you think about it, it's kind of like, think about like key lime pie. It's essentially sour cheesecake. You're, I don't know that I agree with that, but also you want your key lime pie to be a little sour because it's supposed to be like key lime. Exactly. But it's basically, key lime pie is basically cheesecake. Uh, that's a hot take. I don't know if that is. I feel like that's a hot take. I'm I'm going to have to, is I'm going to That could be to, our weekly Twitter survey. Because I completely disagree with you. Is key lime pie cheesecake? That's actually one of the first thing that came up after I typed is key lime pie. FBI, stop listening to me. <laughs> no, it's not, is the answer. This this could have been one on the last episode for sure. But speaking of, while you're looking that up, uh, the conclusion of our survey did not go as I anticipated. I really did not expect the winner to be a total waste of time on the space race. Uh, I guess maybe more people are on the controversial side than I am. That's fair. Um, but it is of note now that since that news came out, uh, also Jeff Bezos has now been to space uh, with the Blue Origin rocket, which is pretty cool in my opinion, but everybody seems to think that that is not the case. So, I don't know, man. Hey, you know what? We, we're not going to touch on it too much because we uh, we made our thoughts known in last week's episode. So, if yeah, you want to know how we feel about just it, you know, go check it out. But I, I also, I too was a little surprised by the outcome of that poll. Not going to lie. I, uh, I, mean, I don't know what outcome I was expecting, but I didn't expect it to be as lopsided as it was anyway. Yeah, I did not see that coming. I, guess, I wouldn't say lopsided. I would say that it was pretty evenly matched. Like, uh, we could have had just as easily, like, one more vote or two more votes that would have uh, changed the course of it. Also, I don't think I talked about what I was drinking this week, if I'm not mistaken. You have not yet, just no. did. So, sorry. I'm going to do Mud Shark Brewing uh, Vanilla Caramel Porter. I have two porters. I'm not excited about either of them, to be completely honest. But this is what was available at Total Wine when I went. So, hopefully, they don't disappoint and they're not terrible. If they are, it's going to be a sad day for me. Yeah, we got to find you like a bottle shop or something that you can go to as opposed to just Total Wine so you can start well, getting like... it's not going to be a problem. The big thing is, is we've been trying to push the stout game for so long that uh, I just was running out of options in the stouts. And yeah. so once I broaden my horizons outside of stouts, there's going to be a lot that I can go to. Hey, man. I'll always advocate for sours. I will never be... Uh, sour guy, but I am 100% willing to try a lot of other things. You want to drink a red beer? Like a fruit punch? I have no problem beer? with a beer that is of the color red. I just don't want my beer to be sour. I feel like that's so strange. You know what? I'm not going to lie. It is a little weird, but I like it, and so does Jess. So Jess is really the one who got me into it. She was it was the first beer that she liked that wasn't like Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors Light. So I had to take my small wins as I got them, and then I started to 
just kind of oh. like sours with that too. So thankfully, this is not disgusting. So there's that. There we go. Not as bad as the last porter that we had. Oh, not at all. This is significantly better than that. So that's good. It's, that's what we'd like to hear. Off to uh, a good start on that front. There we go. Um, so the first topic that I wanted to bring up this week, since I believe it is my honors of going first. It sure is. You are correct. So um, it's something that we've talked about a little bit before, but I want to kind of hear, I've been finding a lot of new music recently. Okay. So I want to kind of hear your opinion. Who are five artists? They can be ones that are new to you. They can be people you've listened to forever. Five artists that you feel people need to listen to more or more people need to know about. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. I, I'm not sure how good I'm going to be at this conversation just in general because so i let spotify pick all of my music for the most part because i take full advantage of the fact that i pay for that service and so actually now like as, as we're approaching football season i would say 99.9 percent of what i listen to right now is football podcasts like i don't really listen to music at all but during like the non-nfl season i just have spotify pick i do like the weekly playlist that yeah. they just pick for me every single week and so I don't really get exposed to that many artists that I'm like, oh, like I'm devoted to this person. You need to listen to it. So I'm going to let you go first while I ponder this. And then I will give you my, you said five, right? Yeah, give me five. So I'll give, okay. I'll start with my first one. Um, the first one is a band that is a little bit newer to me. Um, they've only been around, I, I think their band started in like 2017, 2018. They put out an album and then they went away for a little bit, came back and they've been, uh, you know, putting out some new stuff. Um, but it's actually a band called Point North. Um, they're kind of like a pop punk band, but they have definitely influences from a ton of different genres. Um, they've got a couple songs with like hip hop artists on there with them. They've got a couple songs that are more poppy. They've definitely got songs that are a little bit heavier, um, but they've got a really unique sound. And, a, and a, their, their vocalist, uh, John, is a producer who's produced for a lot of artists that you probably, um, a lot of listeners out there probably even heard of and don't even realize, you know, not a lot of people get into songwriting credits all that much, so they don't probably know yeah. that he's the actual producer on it. But I just think they're a super talented band, and, and they're one that I would recommend um, everybody go and check out. Um, I'll give a couple songs for some of these as well. So the two songs that I would really check out from them, um, the Never Coming Home off their album Retrograde uh, is a really great song. Um, it's going to be more of like just a kind of like jammy pop punk song. Um, and then their newest song is called Nice Now. Um, it's a, again more of a like a jammy pop punk song, but it's a newer song. They put it out actually when I was in Arizona visiting you, Kyle. Um, so I, I think they're a really great band. I think more people need to listen to them. Right on. But also, I, I should I should point out too that most of the people who I'm going to say on this list are also people that I have discovered through like the like my weekly playlist on Spotify. Well, that's the hard thing for me is because you asked this question right and like my immediate thought is that you're wanting to hear people that are like more low-key artists that like are less well known no it can be it can be like big bands or bigger bands that you've been listening to yeah. for your whole life that you think yeah, more sure. people should listen to i'm not sure. expecting it to all be i've got because i've got a few that are like that that are you know i've got probably at least one on this list that's a bigger band and then the rest are going to be a little bit more low-key but that's just i tend okay. to like music that's a little bit more out there i just thought of one for sure I feel like, I can't remember which episode we talked about this on, but we were like, uh, I think it was one of the first episodes where we were talking about um, like 90s artists, I think. Maybe 90s, I can't remember. Early yeah, 2000s, it was like it 2000s was. and, or, yeah, it was like early 2000s alternative bands. Yeah, there's some of those that like come to mind when I think about this, because I think about like kind of like a nostalgia standpoint of like, what do I go to when I like go back and listen to music, but I, oh, okay, I got, uh, that's, a, that's an okay one. 
Are you gonna go? Are we gonna go back and forth? Is that what you want to do? I was planning on it, but I can go again if you. No, need that's okay. Yeah. I've got I've got a couple now. I can right. talk through one since you. All right. So give me, us so. give us your first one. Okay, it's kind of ironic because I just talked about this today because somebody told me that, and you're gonna know what I'm talking about. But there's th- this band. Uh, their lead singer went through. Uh, their transgender went through a transition, right? So from. Uh, male to female and somebody told a guy that i work with today that he looked like uh tom gable uh, from against me and so it's ironic that we'd be having this conversation because i think that is one that i would recommend but the the funny thing about that is i truly think that if you're gonna listen to them more and go into it that it is their older music that you should be listening to uh which kind of sucks because i think the the newer albums that have been coming out are not as interesting to me um i still listen to them i have listened to every album that they come out with but at the same time it's not like the ones that like suck you in uh, Mm -hmm. i guess for lack of a better term like the ones that i've really liked are all of their older music and i've seen them live three times now and it's always just super good but i mean if we're being honest here I've, i've listened to a decent amount of them as well i don't know if you can say that they have put out an album that's better than reinventing axl rose yeah, I don't know I think, that I would like, I think that's my favorite that. album that they've put out. I haven't listened to a lot. I, I think the last album of theirs, I pulled up their, their whole discography here, but I think the last album of theirs that I like really listened to was White Crosses. So I haven't heard either of the, the two newer albums. But You haven't it, heard New Wave at all? I, have I guess heard, that's not newer. New Wave came before White Crosses. Have you heard New Wave? Because that's probably my favorite album. I have, yeah. But I Shapeshift think, with me was okay. I don't recall ever listening to 23 Live Sex Acts, and Transgender Dysphoria Blues was okay as well. But yeah, White Crosses was good, and um, the Reinventing Axl Rose was good too. But I think my favorite album is New Wave. Yeah. Very solid anyway, band. They were first. at they were at Riot Fest when you were there, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. That was the third time I saw them live. Yeah. Good show. Great day. Fun stories about that day. Yeah, Kyle falling good. asleep, uh, chilling in the grass. I think we yeah. all kind of fell asleep for a few minutes there. You drink for point. three days, and all you do is watch bands. You get a little tuckered out, man. You need to take a little tiger snooze. Can't say I blame you there. Um, so the next one for me that I would recommend people go check out um, is a singer-songwriter called uh, named Jake Scott. Um, he's got a couple songs that are bigger, and, and people more people have probably heard of him than they realize have. Um, his two biggest songs are called uh, Favorite T-Shirt, and then he's got a, a cuter song, I'll, I'll say, called Tuesdays, um, which is you know about the story of him uh, talking to his now wife's dad about how, like, uh, how he wants to propose. And it's, it, he's just a really unique artist. He did a, um, over quarantine, actually, I think it might have even been before quarantine as well, but he basically did a thing where he released a single every month um, and then recently he even partnered with, I believe it was Grubhub, uh, to do a donut shop um, in honor of the, um, the new EP that he put out. But he's, a, he's, again, he's a very kind of genre-fluid guy. Um, he's got a lot of songs that are very singer-songwritery. He's got some older songs that are a little bit more country. Um, in fact, I found him originally through like a country playlist, even though he's not a country artist by any means. Um, but I really love his voice. I really like the structure of a lot of his songs. Um, and it's quite common that you can find me just jamming out to him uh, and for an entire car ride. Like, I'll just put his all of his music on shuffle, yeah. and it, a lot of it's really good. There are some sad songs in there, don't get me wrong, but every, every once in a while you need a little tearjerker in there. So um, he's somebody that I would definitely recommend listening to. And if I was going to tell you, like, what to listen to from him, 
I would pick probably, obviously those two songs that I mentioned are super good, um, but a couple other smaller songs of his that I think are really good. He did a cover of Taylor Swift's All Too Well that I think is phenomenal. I might like it more. In fact, I do like it more than Taylor's version of the song. Um, and then he's got a song called She, which is a very great song as well that I recommend everybody listen to. You're going to get a lot more in-depth than I am on this, so I'm going to have to add some depth to my conversation because I wasn't yeah, prepared have for to. this, obviously. Uh, yeah, it's the, fun, it's the fun of it. But um, I think my next one, and this is going to be a little... I feel like I'd have to actively try to like just listen to different things for over the course of like a week or something like that to give you like a really good answer on this. I kind of go back through some stuff, but I'm trying to think... And I've, I've got a list now, but I'll, I'll base my list off of like things that I go back to over and over again yeah. that I actually really enjoy for whatever reason. And the next one has to be Fleetwood Mac. I love, 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 love Fleetwood Mac. Um, it is definitely my go-to. Carly's gotten me some albums of theirs, so I have like actual records of theirs. Um, plus, it's like a go-to that... Uh, I'll put on like just like Alexa while we're in the kitchen and just listen to their music as well too. So Fleetwood Mac, the whole album Dreams. Doesn't matter, dude. Like I love Fleetwood Mac. I I can honestly say I really have never listened to them. That's so sad. I know so I know like some weird things about them. Like I know the lead guitarist in the band never uses a pick. Everything he does is finger picking. Um, just out of a random like Guitar World magazine that I had when I was younger. Um, and I, I honestly, my first like real exposure to them was when Dreams was like a TikTok thing. There was the guy on the the uh, skateboard drinking the cranberry yeah, juice yeah, and Dreams. Yeah. That was my first real exposure to their music. I've never like gone out of my way to listen to it. Oh, like, it's so sad. I know dude. Stevie Nicks was in the band. That's Dreams is a fantastic album, but also just Fleetwood Mac in general just produces just fantastic music across the board. Um, it's very like chill. A lot of catchy songs too it's just i don't know dude i love fleetwood mac it's definitely one of the my go-to's and it will always be i'll definitely have to go back and check them out because i i don't i don't i don't think i won't like their music i just have never gone out of my way to do it and i think when i look at their like they have so much that they've put out that i don't know where to start and that like is a Dreams. little overwhelming just for me listen but to that whole album i'll start there for you Break the Chain. Um, great song. Great song? All right. I'll write that one down. I'll definitely give that one a shout. I uh, uh, I grew up listening to a lot of classic rock. So classic rock was kind of like my um, like young nostalgia music that my parents would listen to, you know, and that's kind of what I would go to originally. And then I, I trans transitioned over to like the, uh, the rock and alternative rock phase of my life, going to shows and shit like that. And then... Uh, kind of started get dabbling into like the rap country genres when I got a lot older because I didn't really listen to either of those when I was younger. I was kind of like a rock or nothing kind of a person, I guess. Right. And so I didn't really care to dabble into anything else. And now that I do, I pretty much just listen to everything. So, uh, but the like the nostalgia pieces for me are kind of like what we talked about, like I said, in the two thousands alternative bands episode, as well as um, classic rock, specifically Fleetwood Mac. For me, I mean, I definitely grew up on classic rock, too. Like, my parents' favorite bands have always been... I, I don't know if my dad truly has a favorite band, but I listened to, like, nothing but Guns N' Roses in the man's car growing up. Yeah. Um, my mom is a huge Def Leppard fan, so... You Same. Know, a, a lot of people from that, that I'm area... I'm going to see them live next year. 
my mom has seen them live quite a few times. I have not had the chance to, but I do want to. Um, I've seen Guns N' Roses live. That was actually a really good show. I've seen nice. Metallica. That was a phenomenal concert. Um, so, you know, I definitely get the nostalgia of that era. It's, it's For me, it too, again, it's, it's kind of what I grew up on. Um, and I was... We, you and I honestly have a very similar like track with music, whereas like I started with the classic rock stuff, went to more of like the edgy, alternative, heavier music, I'll call it, off to rap, off to country, you know, kind of parlayed off of that. I say that as if my first album that I ever purchased wasn't Avril Lavigne's Let It Go. And then... Um, Mine was Kid Rock. My second one was Linkin Park's Meteora. Oh, my mom, we listened to a lot of Kid Rock too. Um, have you ever uh, seen the TikToks that it's like, there's a Taylor Swift song where it talks about somebody being at the window and whispering words that nobody else knows. Mm-mm. And then it's like, it cut, so this guy does it as a TikTok and then it like cuts to him in the window of his apartment and he's like, bah, with the bah, da bang. Mm-hmm. And it just, it was hilarious. Yeah, dude, is that album I think that came out, I, I can't remember what year that came out. Devil Without but, a Cause, I want to say it was like 02, 03. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I, uh, yeah, I was probably like seven, eight years old, I don't know, and I bought that album for the first time. I had like lawn mowing cash and went and bought a fucking Kid Rock CD. So There we go. That's <laughs> what we like to see. Yeah, dude. Um, so next one for me, um, it's a band that's definitely bigger, but I think that people don't give them the recognition that they should, and that's a day to remember. I feel like the people that listen... I almost put that on the list, yeah. I feel like people who listen to heavier music genres, obviously like praise them as being one of the bands that's like still putting out killer music to this day i like think it's i think that's a hot take too because and i think that's interesting but i'll give you my opinion after you get done talking sorry i just think so i still think they're putting out really good music obviously their, their sound has evolved they've got definitely a different sound now than they have when their first albums came out but i don't feel like people who are outside of those genres like appreciate the type of music that they put out except for like i swear every girl that went to my high school quoted um if it means a lot to you mm-hmm. like i feel like everybody knows that song especially now from tiktok making it more popular but like outside of people within the scene i'll say like i feel like they don't get enough credit yeah i think okay so i, I agree with you i think that they put out fantastic music it's another one of those bands where i and i think truly i, I think their new music is probably good too it's just the nostalgia piece that adds to the value of the music to me that makes uh, like bands like Against Me and A Day to Remember, like their older music means more to me, and that's why I would say go to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure people enjoy their newer stuff too. Uh, but the reason I think it's interesting your take on that being like people's, you know, that like the genre of music appreciate them so much is that I remember when I first started listening to A Day to Remember, people I caught a lot of shit from people that were like really into like hardcore music because they're like oh they're so mainstream like yeah. fuck those guys like they're just like the fucking you know i don't know like well because so i know a lot of people call the genre like easy core like it's it's up, more upbeat tempos but it's still like heavier music so I, I i i got a lot of the same thing not directly but just from i saw it like on the dating myself now i feel like myspace yeah. and you know early yeah. youtube comments and people being like this isn't heavy music this isn't metal blah 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 and it's like yeah it's not but it's also not supposed to be like they were they yeah. really like they pioneered that genre in my opinion for and they're the reason we have a lot of the bands that we have today like i think you're hard pressed to find like a heavy-ish band that was started after 2010 
that wouldn't say that a day to remember is one of their influences. That could be true. I could I could buy that argument. But I just remember like the funny thing like back then, right, is like if you're listening to something that's on the radio, it's like automatically not cool. Yeah. Like, oh you're listening to the radio guys, like you're listening to people that are on the radio, like how mainstream, like you're so fucking you're such a conformist. Like, well, like that's why <laughs> that's why everybody hates on Nickelback. South Park. Like, oh, well, yeah, same. If you yeah. listen, like, if you listen to a Nickelback album, there's like the two radio songs, and then everything else, which is why yeah. they got so much shit. But it's well, like the lyrics are pretty shitty. Yeah, but it's like if you're just like chilling, getting drunk with your boys, like, and somebody throws on some Nickelback, it's not like they killed the whole mood. Well, it's funny because like you're right, they catch an undue amount of shit despite the fact that their lyrics are terrible but like it was very listenable music and when they first came out like it was super popular like that was probably one of the first 10 cds i bought was a nickelback album if i remember correct right about the same time as i probably was buying like the fray and shit but i I think the album was called the long road it's the one with like the car yes yeah that was the one i I bought that one too yeah 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 and it's it's funny that we're having this conversation too because we date ourselves almost a little bit here too in the fact that we were paying for cds like not that it's I mean, there's still plenty of people, obviously, that, like, understand that, but it's just um, it's not something that really happens anymore. But the, part of the same conversation, like, I remember when I I used to listen to Breathe Carolina all the time, and I remember when, I think it was Diamond or something? I can't remember which one of their songs, but one of their songs came out on the radio, and immediately it was just, like, it's not cool to listen to them anymore. It was so fucking funny when that happened, because I, like, I saw that happen, like, right in front of my eyes, where people were like, oh, we don't listen to that shit anymore. They're, like, mainstream. I'm like, well, that well, was, like, what um, do you mean? That's, like, how um, Bring Me the Horizon has switched their sound, and, like, Oliver Sykes is doing songs with Olivia O'Brien now. Like, yeah. the vocalist of, like, an man. early deathcore band is now singing on songs with, like, one of the bigger up-and-coming pop stars that are out there. Yeah, it's like I tweeted about. It. I was like, my two worlds have collided. I don't know how to survive anymore. Yeah, but yeah. I remember that too. I remember being like on the radio, and it was right when cars started getting like getting the capability to tell you. At least my parents' cars had the capability of telling you like who sang the actual the song, song? Yeah, as opposed radio, to like yeah. the the rolling ticker. And I was like, yeah. oh, Carolina. I was like, what are they doing on the radio? Yeah. And then I, I heard I the song. And I was like, oh. it was interesting. And I had already kn- I knew what the song was when it came out already. So mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool because I think it had it was on one of their newer albums at the time. But the, and I was I was happy for them. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. They made it to the radio. Like that's great for the band. And then I just remember everybody was like, fuck them. They're mainstream now. I'm like, all right, yeah. bro, whatever. You're like, alrighty then. Yeah, that was just you were too uncool to listen to things that were on the radio then. But all right, man. So next on my list is. And I think this is one of those ones where I, I think of this, and this is one that makes it to my list, and I think that this is too probably mainstream, but like you said, like it doesn't matter. But Migos, I fucking love Migos, and it's like a guilty pleasure for, of mine for like almost at, at some point because it's just I almost just like it for the the stupid shit that they say, like mama, you know, like like just like the random the, interjects into like lines of yeah, yeah, like I I think it's hilarious. But I also appreciate it from a musical standpoint, too. So, like, Migos is one of those bands or, or artists, I guess, uh, groups that I like to go back to all the time because I truly enjoy their music, and I don't probably need to go through a bunch of their songs to highlight things that you should go listen to, but I do truly like music. Uh, Migos. They did come out with a new album, though, recently that um, I started listening to, and I didn't make it all the way through when it was released, but I got a notification on Spotify, and it was like, Migos dropped an album, and I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to go check it out. I'm not going to lie. I like. There's a lot of rappers that I've gotten into, and... I can't say I like I've never heard a Migos song that I didn't like bop bop my head to 
but like I'd never I can't say I've ever gone out of my way to listen to a Migos song. Oh, I have for sure. When the album dropped and I got the notification on Spotify, I was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna listen to this shit for sure." And I like, I think I skipped listening to my football podcast that day so I could listen to the new Migos album. Damn, I really like Migos. It's just, it's, I think it truly is like in the definition of just a guilty pleasure to me. Like I think it's just it's it's like comedy music almost to me. Yeah. And I I do remember I I can't remember when or like what award show it was associated with, but I think it was um, Childish Gambino. Uh. I can't remember his real name right now. What's his real name? Uh, Donald Glover. Donald Glover. I think he said that he thought that Migos was like the Beatles of our generation. Yeah. And I was like, I that might that. be the fucking weirdest shit I've ever heard anybody say. Because like, I, I truly believe that Migos is like part comedy, part music. <laughs> so, like for me. So I thought that was just kind of a silly thing to, to comp. But, like I don't think anybody could ever really say that anybody's the, Beagle, uh, the Beatles of anything. But I, I like Migos. We could, I could go into a whole rant about comparisons because one of uh, my wife's student workers said that, um, what's her face? Olivia Rodrigo is the Taylor Swift of the new generation. Yeah, that's not just that person saying that. That's, but that's so, that's a terrible comparison. I don't know because I think it depends on how you're using that comp- comparison. Like, this could maybe be it's a little bit of its own topic too, I guess. So I don't want to deviate too long, but I think. If you're saying, like, from a pure popularity standpoint and the fact that they write their own music and, like, there are some comparable traits between the two of them that I understand why that people make that comp- that uh, the comparison. But, yeah, it's, like, definitely different music and so I, like, it, it I, depends I, on what I, angle you're going about it from. So my thought process on it briefly was, like, Taylor Swift, for my generation, admittedly, was, like, as big as it got. And I think that there's just... She's very popular right now, but she's put out, like, one thing of music. Like, I don't think you can make that comparison with somebody when one album has been put out. When, like, somebody like Billie Eilish has been putting out music for four or five years now and is, in my opinion, much better musically and puts together, like, has much better song structure, has much better originality to their music that I think is closer to what Taylor Swift was. But, yeah, anyways. I don't know. I think you... But okay, yeah. Like like I said, I don't want to I don't want to go to rant about this forever. But it's funny because I'm almost gonna like de- defend the conversation when I tr- I don't agree with it necessarily either. But, so I'm not gonna try to be a devil's advocate here. And I also don't like Taylor Swift, so um, or at least Taylor Swift's music. I don't have a problem with her as a person, but I don't like her music. And so yeah, I don't know. We could go and rant about that. Forever, yeah. But all right, my fourth one is a rap duo called the Suicide Boys. Some people have heard of them. Some people have loved them. Yeah, some people yeah. hate them. They're a very eclectic rap group, rap duo. Um, it's two cousins who do the music. Uh, Ruby and Scrim are just two of their many names. Um, but I first I found out about not to be like a hipster, but I found out about them when they were still like coming up a little bit. Um, there's a podcast on uh, YouTube called No Jumper. Um, which has kind of evolved from what it used to be, which was more like interviews with like more underground artists to it's, it's a lot more popular now than it used to be. Um, but their music is very hard rock, like heavy music influence. It's very three, six mafia vibes. It's very, there's some bone thugs and harmony vibes to it too, but it's all about like more cryptic shit, like about suicide, about their drug addiction, about a lot of things like that. Um, and I Bone think Thugs and Harmony is another good throwback too. Not I know, that I would right? go back and really like. There's only like a couple songs like I tried and shit that I would actually go back and listen to probably actively, but also so, like Bone Thugs. 
Jess just leaves her car radio on because um, she just uses Apple CarPlay. So, but she leaves the radio on like one of the like throwback R&B hip hop stations in our area. And I can't tell you how many times I've gotten in the car and I start vibing out to Bone Thugs. And Jess is like, "What are you listening to?" And I was like, "Come oh, on!" Oh, that's babe. sad. I'm like, "Come on!" But yeah, yeah so their their music it's, it's definitely their music. Uh, Suicide Boys music is definitely heavier. Um, like the subject material is a lot heavier. Like sure. I said, they talk about suicide. They talk about um, their drug use and drug addiction. They talk about a lot of the stuff yeah, that yeah. they've gone through. And they've their music has progressed in a lot of different ways over the past four or five years. But I, I think there's something that de- people should definitely listen to because I think they do have music for. People who are fans of all different genres. It's awesome. Except maybe country. Maybe I feel like country. I've I've heard of the the band or whatever you want to call them, the duo, but I don't know that I've ever really listened to their music, so I don't have too much to add on that. Okay. They're solid. I love them. They're one of my they're one of my go tos. They're like when I'm like in a mood, like I throw them on. Right on. Well, I've got another one that's this one is actually probably less mainstream, I guess I should say. Um, and it's uh, I went for a long period of time where I was listening to them all the time, and then I went forever until I, without listening to them, and one day their lyrics like popped into my head, and I started playing it again uh, one morning. So it came to my mind when I uh, thought about this topic. But uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but Radical Something, have you ever heard of that? Mm-mm. I honestly, frankly, don't know how I would define the genre because it's um, it's like just California hippies. Like I have a feeling. They probably are like some people that sit on the fucking wall down in San Diego by the beach, and they just play music together and record it. Because uh, it's just like very like chill. It's not like reggae or anything. It's just very. I, I don't know, but they I have catchy tunes. Up, I looked them up on Wikipedia, and it says alternative hip hop reggae pop as their genre. That's probably a very good way to describe it. It's kind of like a fucking here's every genre ever and like they just fit in there but they uh the song be easy is the song that i found i think maybe even spotify gave it to me on a random playlist one time and it is it caught me into it and i listened to some of the other music but i actually really like them as a as an artist as well yeah i'm not gonna lie never heard of them but i'm intrigued so i'll check them out Um, pretty good if you're in the mood for it so my last one um this is a group that i feel everybody should listen to and i feel like back in the day they were a lot more popular than they are now but this is a band that has uh not to be cliche gotten me through a lot of really hard times in my life um their music is very very good in my opinion they are another pop punk band that's one thing you'll find out about a lot of the music that i listen to but it's a band called mayday parade um they've been around forever um, I think their first album came out in like 2007. A lesson, it's called A Lesson in Romantics. But they're just a band that I've always really <laughs> loved. Ever, I like. I literally listen to all of their all of their albums consistently. Um, they're they're a band that they have multiple albums they put out where I feel they are true. Like no skip. Like I don't need to skip any single song on any of these albums. Um, and they just like I said, they've gotten me through a lot of really hard times in my life. They've got a lot of songs with a lot of meaning behind them, and I've I've always really enjoyed listening to them. So. That's something I definitely recommend people to check out as well. Right on, dude. I bet you'll have absolutely no possibility of guessing the genre of my last one that I'm going to throw in here. Is it Is it like a weird genre or is it like yes. a normal genre? Is it like is it like a ska band? No. I have no idea then. 
My final artist that well, it's less of an artist and more of a. It's almost a category of itself, I guess. I don't know, but you'll know what I'm saying. The London Symphony Orchestra. Oh my god. <laughs> and I say this because when I uh, when I was gone for a long period of time for work, every time that I would read, I would listen to the playlist for the London Symphony Orchestra on Spotify because I think it's just like calming music to listen to when you're reading and it doesn't like distract you from your ability to read. It's just yeah. like mostly, you know, it's there. It's just it's not like lyrical, something that you're paying attention to, it's just music. But they also have like an entire Star Wars playlist, which is fantastic of like all the Star Wars music. I think I have seen that before, yeah. And it is great when you're like doing homework or studying. And so if you look in my Spotify of like the most commonly listened to things on Spotify, the London Symphony Orchestra pops up actually. And so I think it's... uh, That's your daily mix one. It's just just a bunch of I wouldn't be surprised if there was a mix dedicated. I'd have to look and I I will, but the orchestra... So it's it's my one of my life goals is to go to either London and go see the London Symphony Orchestra or go to like New York and see some cool symphony or something. But it yeah. is on my bucket list that I need to go see a symphony at some point in time because I I do appreciate uh, just the quality of music that they produce and I think it's pretty uh, you know and it's um, the experience is kind of um, it like sucks you in you mm-hmm. know what I mean like you just kind of get. I don't know. I don't know how to describe yeah. that sensation, but I love that shit. No, I get it. I, I get where you're coming from with that. It's it's a funny answer because it's not like anything else that we've been talking about at all, but I can see the reasoning behind it. I totally understand that. Yeah, dude. I fucking love that shit. And it, it makes me, um, honestly, like, I, I thought about it when I started listening to them a little bit more frequently. The fact that I, like, really underappreciated when I was in high school and, like, middle school, and they would take us to see, like, local like orchestras and shit like that yeah and it was one of those things like oh we get a field trip so we're getting out of school great but like you never actually really wanted to pay attention right. or be there for like the true value of it i'm sure there were people that did but for the most part people just didn't care you're just getting out of school yeah it was the same and way I, for us and like they take us yeah. to plays and, and i wish i would have tried to yeah we, we got to do a little bit of that too and some like improv theater and shit like that and i never truly appreciated any of that as a kid which is probably pretty common i would say yeah and you're taking a bunch of fifth graders to see a musical like they're gonna yeah off. and the interesting thing is, is i think if i wouldn't saw all of those things that i saw then and didn't appreciate at all i would truly appreciate them now as yeah. an adult but oh well hey man it is what it is you know yeah can't change right. being a kid man you just don't care about that shit exactly well we hadn't talked about music in a while and i've been listening to a lot more music than podcasts recently which is weird for me so i just Not felt me. the need to talk about it Fantasy footballers, shout out to my Arizona boys. I'm sorry the Suns lost. Don't need to talk about it. I, I watched so much basketball. I watched zero basketball, but I did go watch the finals or the final game last night because uh, some of my friends are, are pretty good or pretty big basketball fans. So I went and watched, and the fact that Arizona's in it is kind of cool. So yeah, I went and watched, and they were defeated sadly. So yeah, my experience watching this playoffs has been um, it's on the bar, it's on the TV at the bar every Thursday after softball. That's yep. it. It's all I've watched. Yeah, I I think, and I told them while we were there doing it, I think that is the first time that I have ever in my life watched a basketball game start to finish. Because I just don't care about basketball yeah. at all. I and used I still, to, but... Like, even, like, a playoff game in the finals didn't suck me in. Like, it wasn't, like, that enticing yeah. to me. It's just like, all right, yeah, I'm doing basketball things. 
And it, it's funny because I, I talked to those guys as big basketball fans at the time, and I, I said, hey, you know, I think it's kind of funny that these guys, this is what they've been doing for their careers, right? Some of them for, like, 10-plus years, and they miss a lot of fucking shots. Yeah. And I was like, that, 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 that throws me off a little bit. And then I thought about it after I had said that, and I was like, well, in the NFL, you still drop passes or overthrow the football. Or drop, I was going to say, know, that's like on your ninja. Like, do you remember when Ninja tweeted? He was like, I don't get how there's kickers in the NFL who just miss kicks. Like, that's yeah. your one job, just kick. I mean, I kind of do feel that one more specifically than any other position in, in football. Like, all you do is, is kick. And, like, especially in an indoor stadium when the wind's not affecting you and, like, you practice those things all the time, it's, it is kind of funny that you get paid for that and you miss. I mean, some of them are pretty fucking bad, too, like, statistically. So, and that, I, don't know. I mean, golf's like that, too. Like, even pros top it, shank it, miss a putt that they shouldn't Oh, sure, yeah. Make. Like, I've seen pros miss like putts that are this they're fucking six inches and they miss it. Yeah, that's that's fair. It's just when it you're happens. getting paid specifically with the NFL actually, it bothers me more than probably anything else because they're getting paid so goddamn much money to do that kickers, one thing. Kickers really aren't. They're still getting paid Let's, a I'm, lot. I'm looking of money. this up now. Highest paid kickers NFL. Don't even look at highest, just look at average. Like what's the average salary of a kicker? The highest salary um, let's look at base salaries for kickers. So Justin Tucker get, got paid five million dollars. Yeah. Okay. There's only there are nineteen kickers that are making over a million dollars. That's nineteen people that should make every fucking kick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. I could, even like, some of these I was other guys, right? Like, million dollars to do something. I'd hope I can do it, but like they're doing it pretty well. But, like, so I'm looking at a list right now of average salaries, right? And the top 50, I think, that are on here all get paid more than $650,000. Well, yeah, it's league minimum. Right. So, but that's crazy. $650,000 to kick, and you don't even have to really be that good at it. I mean, you got to be pretty good at it. Like, Justin Tucker's making what he's making because he's, like, the, mo- like the third yeah, most Tucker's accurate good, kicker in NFL you go to number history. 50 on the list, and he's not that good. Well, yeah, number 50 is on, like, team's practice squads. But he's getting $650,000. Yeah. If you're one of the 60 best kickers in the world, like, you probably still suck a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm just Like, saying. even if I was the best fucking... It's funny to think about. If I was the best fucking salesman in the world, like, I'm still going to suck at something. Like... Yeah. I don't know. All right. I'm going to review my beer, and then we're going to move on. So, I'm going to give it a 7.0, actually. That's probably the best porter that I think I've reviewed on this podcast. It was actually pretty good. definitely is. I drank it pretty quickly because it was enjoyable. So, that's exciting and happy for me because I didn't want to have to sit here and chug down a beer that I absolutely hated again, which I've had to do a couple times now. Uh, But, my next beer is the Heretic chocolate hazelnut porter another porter so hopefully this one doesn't suck too and i can enjoy two beers today i am also having a second beer here i am drinking the breckenridge brewery vanilla porter i actually really like breckenridge brewery and i think that i've had that before let me see the can it's a bottle but oh bottle yes i've definitely had that before yeah i think Um, it's a good beer I give my sour a 7.2. That was a perfect sour in my opinion. That one, that one's probably closer to a sour that you might enjoy because it's not overly sour. So the sour note in, in a lot of these come from lactose. So I found that a lot of them that use milk sugar as opposed to lactose typically end up tasting a little bit sweeter and less on that sour side. 
There was one that we had at this at this beer festival thing that we went to, Kyle, that I promise you, if I gave it to you, you would think it was a soda and not a sour. It was so good. I'll have to see if somebody un- untapped it. Um, which Are you familiar with untapped? I am, yes. Good. I don't use it, but I know what it is. I need to start using it because I keep going to fest like these things that our friends hold and trying a bunch of beer, and then I can't remember what any of it's called, and I have to text eight people to be like, hey, do you remember what that beer was called? But... Let's see. I don't like sours because if I want something sour, I'm gonna go eat a fucking gummy worm or something, dude. I don't need that in my drinks. Your uh, your gummy block. From uh, yeah, my Haribo block that I had because they melted. Welcome to Arizona, but um, no, like we just had some some trolley fucking gummy worms the other day, man. They're so good. Yeah. That's what I want when I want sours, man. I don't want a fucking beer that's sour. I get it. I get it. I, I shouldn't even it. call it a beer. It's like a, its own category. It's a sour ale. It's an ale different kind of. I don't know. Anyways, Anyways, time to move on. It's my first topic, and it's time we finally talk about it. And I think we're on opposite sides of this, if I remember right, or maybe you just often like to be the devil's advocate. But I we'll do see. play devil's advocate a lot. I want to talk about microtransactions. Okay. And I want to talk about whether you think that they... I just well, just give me your opinion, man. And so, because I think truly the the existence of a microtransaction in video games is a debate of its own. Mm-hmm. So, and I I'll give you, you I'll let you go either way on this. You you can either give your take first or I'll give mine. But I think more often than not, I've heard you take the devil's advocate side of this one against the common opinion. I think on microtransactions. Yeah. So I I definitely understand what the common opinion on it is. Um, the way that I look at it is, for some games, I think microtransactions are fine. So for games like Counter-Strike, for example, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, when they implemented the skin system into the game and like skins became like a legitimate commodity. Like people were paying hundreds of thousands of dollars of real money for these skins because of the rarity of them or because of whatever. Um, I, I think in some situations they're fine, and I think ultimately it does fall on the onus of the person making the transaction to make that decision of whether they're fine or not. There's a lot of games I think they're fucking stupid. In Call of Duty, I think they're fucking stupid. I, in Talk to me about why you think it's different from Call of Duty versus CSGO. Because in CS... Well, for CSGO, they made it so that skins could be traded. They made it that skins could be a currency in and of themselves and i think that's why i'm okay with it is because it made it a platform where like if you were stuck with skins you didn't want you could sell them on steam and you could use that currency on steam to buy other games or buy different things that you did like so it wasn't like you were just completely fucked once you bought it whereas like if i buy we'll say like if i buy skins on call of duty or i there was a there was a call of duty game that did like cases like csgo and you got Mm -hmm. gun skins or you got things like that I can't transfer those. Those are stuck. Isn't that like Black Ops 3 or 2? One of the two? One, uh, it wasn't Black Ops 2, so it might have been either Black Ops 3 or 4 or Advanced Warfare. It might have been Advanced Warfare. That wouldn't surprise me, I guess. Um, but regardless, um, no, it didn't. Anyways, um, we could do it. Write it down. Write it. Put it on the list. Um, put it on the board. But I think like a game like that where you can't do anything else with the currency outside of like, oh, I own this one thing now. Or games that make it so, like, even though I play a lot of it and I have spent way more money than I care to admit on it, like a game like Madden that does Madden Ultimate Team, where it's pay to win. 
like the more money I spend on, on cards in the game, the better my team is going to be so I can win more games. In, in Advanced Warfare, if you bought cases, you could unlock variants for the guns that made the guns better than people who wouldn't spend any money on the game. And I think shit like that is dumb, and I think that kind of thing shouldn't be in the game. But if you're going to follow like the CSGO route of things and make like a legit currency out of it, I think it's fine. So I, I, I'm, I teeter the edge of whether I like it or not. It's interesting that you say that because I think that is one of the fundamental reasons that people are against microtransactions because at that point you're you're essentially creating an atmosphere of gambling. Well, I'm a gambling addict, not really, but, but that, I do enjoy it. But that's the problem, right, is you're having, specifically with the population that plays video yes. games, and this kind of goes two different directions, right? So you have the demographic of video games is largely younger people specifically males too so like younger people but a lot oftentimes males and i could look up a statistic of what that actually looks like but i know that that is true right and so the big thing is is not only are you inherently putting people in a position where they have to gamble to get some sort of a valuable or rare skin like i don't care how you're using that in terms of i'm gonna go sell this on steam and use the money that i made off this skin on steam because maybe i paid 99 cents for it and it's worth five bucks on steam like great like but that's that's silly to me like you are just literally it's it's no different than a fucking scratch off ticket at that point just yeah. in a different form like you're convincing young people that they should put money into this so that they can roll the most value like you are literally authorizing gambling for people that are young in that sense yes now it- people are are buying things with the intent of like getting something valuable so they can resell it on steam which is the same kind of shit as like allowing somebody to fucking scratch a little lottery ticket in my opinion like and i think the comparison there and like maybe the the valid comparison there is like well the stock market is open to anybody uh i i guess i don't maybe i don't know that i don't know can you be under 18 and invest in the stock market i think so well technically you can't like my my counter argument is kind of where you're going with this though um or at least what you're bringing up here is that ultimately in those situations though where it's somebody under 18 like the onus is on the parents like yeah but dude kids that okay that goes into my part of my problem right here and like the counter argument to you is that kids are very very resourceful and there are kids especially and especially for parents that aren't maybe necessarily the best with money and that they don't monitor their like credit card statements or whatever they're like hey go use my credit card and you can buy your xbox live subscription for example right so the expectation from the parent is i am trusting my child to go spend 19.99 for random price like on three months of xbox live or whatever right and then they're like oh sweet got the credit card information and they just fucking keep hitting that buy button because they want to gamble to get something valuable or something rare or they're getting like pressure from like all the kids that they play with like oh your skins are trash like you fucking look yeah. like an idiot. Like you're so base. You know, whatever. Like there's, a, they're creating an atmosphere of pressure to meet some sort of standard amongst your friends or in, within that environment where, truly, it's, it does nothing for you. Mm. You are, more often than not, and I think it's funny that you brought up skins as like the example of why you, where you think you can see some legitimacy because I think that is maybe the most illegitimate. Yeah. use of a microtransaction is like it is truly just a cosmetic to make your character look better or look different i guess not even necessarily better and, and it is it's like a popularity contest at that point where you're like i just want to i want to have the cool thing and like look the yeah. coolest 
And there are some video games like Call of Duty right now and Warzone specifically where there are skins that created a competitive advantage as well. And which goes skin. into your other point of Fucking yeah, and skin. it's and so the pay to the pay to win concept, I completely I think we're on the same page there. It's it's absolute dog shit. But even from a cosmetic standpoint, you're you're putting parents and kids in a position where not only are like the parents having to like monitor closely what you're doing on a video game when like that never really was a thing before to now also the kids are feeling pressure from their friends or like the group that they play with or whatever to like have the coolest skin and games are exploiting people to pay money for this content whereas previous to this and i think maybe even i think it was like fifa was one of the first to, like really push the microtransaction game. Yeah, the, the like the FIFA. It was. I mean, it was all of the EA Sports games. It was the the yeah. ultimate team games when you could you know buy packs in the game mm-hmm. and you get cards. They well, I mean, Counter Strike was Counter Strike was first. Counter Strike was really doing it like they were doing it big before FIFA and everything was. But FIFA and Madden and NBA Two K were the ones that really like popularized it amongst the general population. I would say. Yeah, but the thing, so my point to that is, like, prior to that happening, and, like, the true popularity of this, this skin thing, and it, it really, it, it feeds on an addiction in my, in my standpoint a lot of the times, and the societal pressure, it's kind of twofold, but, but truly it's, it's, it's preying on people to make them pay more money for things that were previously just available. Yeah. Like, you're, in my opinion, right, like, you as the game creator have invested money into the creation of this content in order to get people to pay for that game and play the game and enjoy the game right and so what used to happen is you'd have sometimes you'd have payable dlc which would give you more true content to the game like i'm getting more story or i'm getting more more maps in call of duty yeah so you're getting you're getting true content and i that i can understand like you are paying for your developers to create things that are truly increasing the experience of the game so I understand DLC, which I still don't love DLC, because even like if you go even back farther than that, like everything was just updates. Like you yeah. get updates to games because people have produced new things or offered new content or added new skins or whatever. Like skins aren't unique to microtransactions. There was right. skins before microtransactions, but you just got them because you played the game. Like they're yeah. a reward for doing these things. Or like in Modern Warfare you, Two, you get Red Tiger camo after you get a hundred headshots and. Yeah, or like Destiny, where you like go and you fight things, you beat levels, you get like different types of armor. Like, there's New all weapons, sorts of things yeah. that that led to like you pay or you don't pay, but you play to get more content, right? Like, it is a to keep you playing, you get new rewards, and so I think that is a much more true to the intention of gaming, where you're like saying, "Hey, we want you to play our game, we want you to love the experience. Here's new levels, here's new things that you're gonna unlock." Like play 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 we want you to play because we we believe in the game that we produce but now it's hey we're going to quickly pump out these call of duty games whether they're perfect or not or full of glitches and then we're going to slam you with microtransactions and battle passes so that you continue to pay us money to give you something that probably took us five minutes to generate 50 fucking skins for one gun or whatever you know what i mean or like one character and so i think i think it's truly exploitive on the fact on the uh on the side of the the producers of these games and they're playing on the nature of, a, like the addiction of it, the the pressure. But I from mean, people of it. I mean, you can almost argue that they're doing that with just the games that they produce anyway, though. Like outside of Counter Strike, which is really one of the only games that just kind of updates the game as things go on. Like Call of Duty, all of us are spending sixty bucks every single fucking year to get a new Call of Duty. 
for Madden, it's the same fucking game since 2008, running on the same engine, and people, millions of people are spending just 60 bucks just to buy a new version of that. So it's just, and it's the, it's the same. It's exactly what you're talking about. It's the same thing, just reskinned. It's the well, exact I think, same thing. I think that argument is more true of Madden than it is Call of Duty, because at least Call of Duty tries to. You know, create well, yeah, a they theme. Do, they do different engines. They do different stuff like that. But I think Call of Duty would be a better game if we were still playing Modern Warfare 2 with an updated engine. Yeah, I don't disagree. But I, I do understand that these companies have overhead. And yeah. so you can't keep pumping out these games with zero product development and, like, having no income whatsoever. Like, I understand you can't just say, like, here's Madden 99 that we've been updating since 99 it was just adding the adding graphics updates and adding new uh new players like, i get that they can't do that from a financial standpoint but at the same time they shouldn't be making you pay to go oh we added one new football field pay me five dollars you know what i mean like i'd almost rather dick. but i'd almost rather that than having to buy a new game and having microtransactions like if i could pick one I would rather do microtransactions than pay sixty bucks every single year for the same for essentially the same game. You're doing both. I, I but that's my point is if I have to like devil's advocate pick one or the other, I'd rather have microtransactions in game to get content when I want to get it, as opposed to having to spend sixty dollars every single year just to keep playing the new version of the same title. But that's I don't understand your counterpoint because you're doing both. You are paying $60 for a new thing, and you're paying for the microtransactions. I know, but I'm saying if I had to pick one, I would rather updated con like the game updates be free, and then I can buy skins, than oh, have to yeah, buy, sure. buy new games. Of course, with no everybody skins. would say that, yeah. I think. They'd but rather that, have... But that, and that's where I, like, I'm sitting with it. Like, obviously, like I said, I'm very much on like the, the teeter-totter of, if you got rid of microtransactions, it's not going to affect me at all more power to you more people people probably benefit from that more than them staying in the game but yeah. overall like if i had to pick one i would rather microtransactions be a thing and the content just be regularly updated i would love to hear them say like hey we're using microtransactions to hedge increasing the cost of games every year but i don't believe that that's true because i we, think we game... know it's not warzone's free fortnite's free apex is free like there's so many the most yeah. popular games are free and they're still well, good games. That's the funny thing, though, is that they've... And that's that's a different side of this argument, too, is that uh, game developers have used the Fortnite model. I, I truly think that Fortnite is the, the true driver for most of these companies, where they say, we can't compete with the popularity of this game because it's so accessible. Yeah. And so they're starting to realize the value of accessibility, but they still need to cover their overhead, which is why they're doing microtransactions, which... I think that is maybe one of the more fair arguments for, in favor of microtransactions, actually, is like, hey, if we're going to drop these games for free, but at the same time, Call of Duty is, like, doubling down, where they're like, you're going to... You can have Warzone for free, but if you really want to play Call of Duty... Yeah, then if you, you want to unlock things for guns. your guns, you got to play Cold War pubs. Yeah, and so, like... I don't know, man. I just... I truly, like... And I think we can go back and forth with, with this for quite a while, but I hate microtransactions. Yeah. I truly do. I think they're predatory. I think it's unfair to the user. I think it's a burden on parents, specifically mm -hmm. of younger children, to try to have to be really mindful of what their kids are paying for and using their credit cards on video games. Like in the past, like I said, like the worst damage you could do is like, hey, I'm gonna get Xbox Live, and it's a recurring cost every month or three months or twelve months. But now it's literally, oh shit, we need to 
be fucking watching my credit card every day so that my kid's not spending $12,000 on fucking cosmetics on a video game, you know what I mean? So it's... Yeah. I just... I truly don't agree with the concept, and and it's never going to go away because now yeah. that uh, now that companies have seen the true benefit of the the profits they can see from it, that it's it's going to be a thing forever. So it sucks. Yeah, I, you know what? Like I said, I I personally and I, I've definitely spent a lot of money on a lot of games, a lot more than I care to admit, <clears throat> um, in the form of microtransactions, and I, I I see why they're attractive, but I also get your point that they are definitely predatory in a lot of ways, and that. You know, people need to be more conscious of the decisions that they're making, and you don't need that skin in that game. You really don't. You don't. Yeah. You truly, you don't truly don't. It's not don't like I it. said. It's it's not content. It's just cosmetic, and that's sad. Take that five bucks. Throw it on Dogecoin. Oh Jesus Christ! Moon. Don't follow that advice. <laughs> that was a joke. Not financial advisors. Uh, not financial advisors. But yeah, no, that was that was a good topic to bring up. That's that's definitely a conversation that you and I have had a little bit before. Um, and, and I, we're we're on the same page. We know where each other's coming from. We get we get the points that each other's making, which I, I do enjoy. It'd be fun to bring some other people on and kind of see what their opinions of this are, because I, yeah. I I can bring some people on here that I know are like diehard. I love skins, and then there's people who like I know people on the same spectrum of the well, opposite end of the spectrum that are like I couldn't give a flying fuck. About that's part of it for me like. is like I also think some of the skins are cool like and some of the times I look at it I'm like oh that's a great thing to add to the game like I'd love to have that it's fun to look like that's cool but I'm not gonna fucking pay you five dollars yeah. for it Yeah. like you you spent two minutes fucking CGI'ing that shit into your video game and you think that it's worth a million people paying you five dollars like fuck off you didn't try that hard to get Freddy and Jason into your game or the Saw guy like, right like, you, didn't, didn't. you didn't try that hard to get Jigsaw coded into your game it doesn't take that much overhead for them to do those things like it's fucking grandma's boy man if we just render them a different color you know what I mean and it's I don't know it it hurts yeah. my it hurts my like sense of logic to just go how is this possibly worth that much money like if it was like hey pay 10 cents for this skin yeah you'd be like, oh, it'd, be right. like, it'd be completely it's like different. 5 fucking dollars dude yeah and I just, well, and for I some games, it's five bucks to not guarantee yourself getting that. Yeah, and it so it it's wild to me. That's where that's where Madden gets me. I love watching the uh, the card art pop up. And well, see, that's the funny thing about Steam too. Is I think sorry, I'm dragging this out a little bit longer, but I think Steam, where you have like the tokens that you can win in Steam yeah. for like making uh, achievements in video games. Like, if I think you could use those as, like, a currency... You, you can sell is, those on the Steam Marketplace. You absolutely can. And I think that's fantastic. Because you don't pay to get that. Right. You can sell them to other people, and then you can use that money in Steam. So I think that's a perfect option for... Or the perfect, like, middle ground for how that could work. Where you could trade that, get some money, and buy additional content for a game, or, or whatever. But, sure. But, you know what I mean? Like, it's just... I think... Play to win is much better than pay to win, and I think we both agree on that. I think the, yeah, the, agreed. it's just, I don't know. Fuck microtransactions, dude. There we go. Goddamn right. greedy corporations. On to topic number two of mine. This one's going to be a lot easier than the first one was, don't worry. At least I think it is. Um, it also is a top, it's a, fi- it's a five list, so a list of five things. What are five talents that you wish you had? Hmm. Okay. They can be for your personal slash professional gain. They could just be things you wish you were good at. But what are five talents or skills that you wish you had that you currently do not have? 
Yeah. Alright. Um, are you going to go first again, or do you want me to go first? Yeah, I'll start number one here. Singing. Okay. The things that yeah, I would sure. do to be a good singer are unspeakable. Not even... I could never be an artist. I could never... I will, I'll never release my singing. I will never record songs. But even just to know that I have the talent of singing, like, I can sing along to stuff, and it's not terrible if you are listening to the actual track over my singing. I convinced, I, I tricked Jess into thinking I was a good singer for like six months of our relationship, just because <laughs> I knew how to sing like with the songs. And when I have like a backing track to it or a tra an over track, I guess you would call it in a lot of situations, like I can get close enough in pitch that it sounds okay. But like, if you listen to me just isolated, it's fucking terrible. But like the things that I would do to have like just really good vocals are unspeakable. Yeah, that's fair, man. That's a good one. Which, it's funny that you say that, because my very first one on my list that I wrote down, so I wrote down five quick while, uh, just right off the cuff while you were saying that. And my very first one was playing an instrument. I think, not necessarily singing, but I think I've always wished that I could just, so my brothers both are able to kind of just pick up instruments and figure it out. I'm, like, they I'm both the taught way. themselves guitar and shit, and I am yeah. not that way at all. Yeah, I can play and guitar, so, drums, bass. I... I, I when we did like the we did testing and when we were in middle school or going into middle school about if we wanted to be in band so they just gave us like the the band instruments and we're like see if you can figure out how to play i, I remember that yeah and i just like kind of could and you did the same so thing. that's like a weird talent that i kind of do have but yeah i wish that i could because uh so like even some of the guys that i work with they'll just sometimes like there's a guitar that sits in our office and they'll sit there and just like play some guitar like to kind of that's fucking cool just take a break away it's a it's a acoustic but they just kind of yeah. take a break away from their work for a second they just kind of strum on the guitar and i'm like man i wish i could do that i can't so that's definitely one of one of my i, I i'll teach you how to play guitar it's not that hard i'll teach you three chords i'll take i'll teach you three chords that you need to know how to do and then you can play like half of the songs that's the I was pretty good guitar. at guitar like, hero never good at guitar guitars i think guitar is one of the easier instruments to learn like if you if you can learn musical scales and you can learn like just a, like a basic chord progression you can take three chords and put them in 24 different orders and make a bunch of different songs well, it's funny because i think one of the most unique ones is the piano and i think that would truly be very awesome to learn how to play like i because i i it, this goes back into our conversation with with the musical artists too but like when i listen to like symphonies and stuff when they add piano into that that part of the music it it is it's incredible to me like how much you can actually do with a piano yeah you can make so many different <clears throat> sounds happen at the exact same time with the piano that i think you really can't do with other instruments i have a Piano's lot more I've appreciation learned. for non-lyrical music like instrumental music yeah in my adult life than i ever did when i was younger yeah piano for me it's too much my add kicks in and i don't know what i'm doing anymore it's i i i can i can fake that i know what i'm doing for like a couple songs I learned like uh, you know the intro to Sweet Child of Mine. I learned yeah. how to play that on piano, so I just do that and it sounds cool. And everybody's like, "Ooh!" I can play "Ode to Joy." Dun 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 yeah. dun dun dun. Because <laughs> my grandma fucking bam, taught me bam, how to bam, like, bam, 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 yeah. Uh, and I can't even do that much of it. I think I could do like the first like fucking measure of music. I don't know. That's my, that's mine. That's my first one. My second one is I wish I had endurance. Like I wish I could run for a long period of time. I like I will sprint to second during softball because I hit a double, and I'm winded for like 
until we take the field on defense. Yeah. And like no matter what I do, I have run in my life I have run sub seven minute miles. I have ran four, oh, yeah. five, six miles at a time. Yeah. And no matter what I do, I'm just like dragging ass after the first like eight hundred meters at most. Like I just I don't know what it is. Maybe somebody out there is an expert on endurance and can teach me how to breathe or something. But I just can't fucking do teach it, man. How to breathe. Yeah, like I just can't do it. I have no endurance. If it's a burst thing, like my one rep maxes for lifting were always more impressive than the reps that I could do. Yeah. In baseball, if I was pitching for one inning, I was gonna do that a million times better than if I pitched for six or seven. In football, one block, I got you. You want me to block the whole game? Get out of here. Uh, pass. Like, I feel like I'm kind of the opposite of you, and not truly in the sense of all the examples you gave, but for whatever reason, I think, and it's weird because I'm kind of hit and miss on this, but I feel like I truly do get like a runner's high. I've and never so, experienced that. And it's not even that. I wouldn't. I feel like that's a weird way to describe the, the, that sensation, at least in my opinion, because I, I think it's less of a like a high and more of like a. Um, I don't know, like a sense of, like it just kind of like melts away. Like, like I don't feel like discomfort or anything anymore at yeah. running after a certain point. Like I, I do feel exhaustion eventually, but somewhere in the middle, I get to this point where I'm like, it's not like I'm feeling great. I just feel like I've lost. Like I'm kind of just going with the flow. Like I'm flowing really well, and like, I can't say I, I've ever experienced that in my entire life. And I have, which is why, like, I used to enjoy doing, like, things like 5Ks and running, like, I would run, yeah, like, five or six miles with one of my friends back in the day uh, pretty often, and you just get to a point, like, like the first mile was always really shitty for me, but I'd eventually hit that point where I'm just, like, kind of in stride, and I'm just kind of, like, feeling it. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I'm getting tired. Like, my muscles are exhausting, but at the same time, I'm like, all right, this isn't so bad. But that's also funny, because truly, I do hate running. <laughs> like, the... Like, mentally, it takes me a lot to get out there and start the run, but I yeah. eventually do hit a point where I'm kind of going with the flow and I don't hate it. We did a challenge at the start of COVID in our office where it was, like, we were all trying to motivate each other to be more active, so we started, like, a running challenge on, like, the Nike running app. I ran .83 miles on my first run, and I never ran again. <laughs> That's funny. I, I mean, I have, to, I have to run every year um, as a part of my job. And so I eventually kind of just have to figure it out and get myself motivated to do it. But usually it takes me a couple months of motivation to get kind of back into that place where I can get into it. But I don't, I, I say I hate running, but I, I don't hate it as much as I probably say that I do. I hate it. it it's not for me. Jess, Jess can do it. Jess can just throw headphones on having not run. She could not run for two years. She could throw on headphones tonight and just go run two miles like it's nothing. And I just, I yeah. don't get, I don't understand that. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to move on to my second one then since you have kind of wrapped up that, I think, and we've, we've gotten what we need to out of it. Unless you have more to say, uh, I'll go on to my second one. So my second one, and I think I would be doing myself a disservice if I didn't mention this, but I truly wish that I was just a natural talent at coding because now that I'm trying to go to school for it and try to get into at least that field of like computer science and um be f more familiar with, and pick it up as you know a little bit later in life than maybe I, I probably would have or should have it's pretty fucking hard 
<laughs> and it really makes me wish that, and, and some of it's like logical problem solving, and I think that's great, and it's, I like, appreciate that challenge, and just kind of trying to work yourselves through, or work myself through a problem is fun, but the language of it is difficult for me, and it's kind of like learning a foreign language, and it, I was never truly that good at doing that either. I took like four years of Spanish in high school, and I was never great at that either. And so for me, it's very difficult to try to pick up on the language and the 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 syntax of it all, as opposed to just the problem solving aspect of it. And so I wish that I was kind of more of a natural talent at that. And I think it would definitely help me, obviously, in my degree, but also in life to be good at coding. Yeah, that's actually number three on my list was I wish I knew how to code like the basics of coding just evade me. Like I literally had to text you today to be like, Hey, do you know how to hyperlink slash hotlink? Cause if you do, we can post the podcast in a couple different places online yeah. um, that require like the hotlinking. And it's like, I looked up how to do it and I still was apparently fucking doing it wrong. So I don't know. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, but it, like I, one of my coworkers actually brought it up today too. We got sent these uh, email signatures from our marketing department. And so like, they want everybody to have like continuity with those. Um, so it was like, I went to put those in there and then the hyperlinks for like our social medias didn't work. And they were like, oh, you have to hyperlink those in. I was like, bold of you to assume I know how to do that. Just because I can build a fucking computer doesn't mean I know how it works. Yeah. Like, I just, I, it is like, funny that, that, that actually truly is an assumption that people make. You're like, oh, I built my computer. And they're like, yeah. oh, you must know everything about computers. I'm like, nope. It's I built, a lot of plug and play. I built multiple computers at this point. I've made multiple proposals about different softwares for us to use. I have made updates to the way that we are going to use software in our office moving forward and use different technologies. If you ask me to code one line of code at this point, I've taken classes. I still don't fucking know what I'm doing. I'm so lost. Well, that's I know like if then like, code, and that's I, like the spaghettiest of spaghetti code I can kind of do. But one that's of the frustrating it. things to me is that I feel like it's very difficult to get beyond the basics because I like understand some of the quite a few of probably the basics now. But once you start getting into the next level of that, like there are so many opinions and criticisms of the exact way that you do things or yeah. like the syntax as opposed in like certain usages of certain types of coding and that it just it's overwhelming to try to dive into it and it's it's like i said if, if you were like a natural talent just at like picking up languages i think that is something that we should emphasize for like younger kids not too because you know they say that it's very very easy for young kids to pick up foreign languages mm-hmm. and multiple languages i think also coding should be one of those that they start yeah. to teach people because i think kids would probably pick up on it so fast oh yeah and it's it's harder as an adult, let me tell you. Well, it's like you hear the stories of like families who don't know how their technology works and they hand it to like a four-year-old and the kid's like, bop, 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 oh, there you go. Your TV is not yeah, connected dude. to your phone. It's connected but that, to your I iPad. mean, part of that's kind of fucking just embarrassing and eventually it will be for us too, but like people, I'm not going to call anybody out, but I know an, an adult that recently like hit the mute button on something and couldn't figure out why it wasn't working. You know what I mean? And so like there's things that happen like that that are, that are kind of like embarrassing from our generational standpoint too, but it's just because we grew up with a concept of technology right. which some of those people did not so it's it's a little bit less of that but yeah like in general like in your younger years of life you are much more adaptable and can learn a lot quicker right yeah all right what's your number three let's see coding was my number three. Oh, you're two sorry sorry my number two was running god damn it four uh, get out of here i've been drinking leave me alone what's four <laughs> um so my number four for this is i wish that i was like an elite level driver like I think really? I'm a, I think I'm a very good driver, but if I could be like 
If you've ever seen like the videos of the guys who are doing like 130 down the highway and they're just like wiggling through traffic like it's nothing, like I think they're just idiots. I do too, but like there is a you have to admit that there's a level of skill that comes with that where like they can do this every single day and never run into an issue. Or like yeah. NASCAR drivers, like I know everybody's like you just turn left. Like there's I know there's so much more to it than just turning left. Like yeah. you're turning left at 150 miles an hour. Explain that to me. Like yeah, it just like doesn't the make straightaways sense. probably require significantly less talent than the turns. But also like even just the fact that like I know drivers who can drive like that and they will never find a cop. And the one fucking time that I go over the speed limit, yeah. like, <laughs> like my brother's a, one of those people too. He's very unlucky. We were driving down to see my mom when she first moved down to Texas, and I drove like the first ten hours and. I was speeding the whole way, never got pulled over. My brother drove for 10 minutes and got pulled over. I have the exact story. We were driving back from, uh, Jess and I went on vacation to Virginia. We were driving back. I got sick as a dog on the last day there, like just had everything wrong with me. And it was the same thing. Jess drove us all the way from Virginia to Ohio. We stopped for lunch in Ohio and I get in the car and I'm not driving 20 minutes and I get pulled over and get a ticket after I like, I saw a cop with somebody pulled over, and I was like, oh, I should probably slow down, but I'm probably okay, too. Nope, right over the hill. <laughs> and, of course, I'm an, I'm a, I'm an Illinois license yeah. in Ohio. Like, of course, yep. No matter how nice I was to the cop, no matter what yeah, my Yeah, they know you're not was, coming back to fight it. Yeah. Exactly. They're like, here's your ticket. Send us your yep. $120. Yep. It's, yeah. It's, All right. It's, but, yeah, driving for me. I wish I was an elite-level driver. I'm going to move on. We're starting to run out of time, so I'm going to start pushing. But... I wish I had a more natural tam- talent for gaming, completely truthfully, because I, I, I think that I'm okay. I think I'm pretty yeah. okay at most things gaming-wise, but I wish that I was like that one step better. But I think... You wish you were me. It's, you can say it. Specifically with PC gaming, I, it, it's a typing thing, too, which I'm a terrible typer, and so I think those things go hand in hand. And you're going into computer managed, science? Well, you don't have to be a great typer to be into computer science, but I, I think part of that is that I never took a typing class which was mandatory yeah, in middle school for us. I, I but somehow they like they like checked the box for me behind the scenes and never made me take it. So I got away with that, and I wish I wouldn't have. That's a, definitely a regret of mine. Uh, but anyway, I wish I had a more of a natural talent for that. Makes sense. I like that a lot. I wish, So the last talent that I wish I had is I wish I had the ability to turn off my brain. Like my, my brain, is, my brain is constantly going. I my anxiety is always like wake up in the middle of the night, need a notepad. Yeah, literally. Like, yeah. I I wake up and I'm like, I ch- instinctively check my phone to make sure I didn't oversleep because I'm worried about if I wake up in the middle of the night, maybe yeah. I overslept, maybe if I, yeah. I just missed work, then if I just yeah. missed work, then I'm going to get in trouble. Like, my brain just goes off on fucking tangents of its own, and yeah. I wish I had the ability to turn that off. That might sure. actually be my number one oversinging. If I could yeah. turn my brain off for 12 hours at a time, I'd love that. Yeah, I'm with you on that one for sure. That's definitely something that would be helpful for people that have the gears always turning all right the next one for me is i truly wish that i had just like this natural pure talent for grammar and spelling because hmm. i think that it would be just a universal thing that yeah. just makes you sound more professional and it would make my life a lot easier because i find out like when i'm like typing things i'm like oh shit and i'll like look it up to make sure i'm right about that or i'll like look it up I think it's more of like a self-doubt thing because I think yeah. more often than not, I'm like, I'm probably right. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I was right about that. 
but like I have this constant like doubt where I'm like, oh, I don't think that looks right. You know, what I mean, I'm going back and forth. With that. I I get that. I I think I do think I I naturally have picked up on a lot of things, and I probably do it better than most. But there's definitely times where I'm like, this, I can make this sound better. I verify things on Google just all the time. Same. And like I said, probably a lot of it's self doubt, but also I I wish I just picked that up naturally. Yeah. And then my last one, and this is a broad one, but I think Carly is sitting around the corner is significantly more creative than I am. Yeah. And I think it comes very naturally to her where she is just creative and is constantly like, oh, we could do this or this, or I could create this, or I could make this, and I do not have that. Yeah. I'm the si- I just- am 2% creative, 98% not. And so it's very difficult for me to just come up with creative solutions or ideas, and I hate that. I always say that I'm creative. If you give me all of the material, I can be creative with it, but I can never be creative in what to use as the material. And like, I can never start an idea. I can finish an idea really well, but I can't start it. Yeah, I think I'm like, I'm kind of a problem solver in the same sense as what what I think you're describing. Like I I can try to solve, make solutions for things, but I can't just naturally be creative, which sucks. You give me all the furniture to put in a house, I'm gonna put it in there and it's gonna look great, but I can never tell you what furniture to buy. That's yep. the analogy I always use. Yeah, that's a good one, too. I am not a creative person, though. Yeah. And I hate that. I would like yeah. to be. All right. That's the end of the list right there, mister. All right. I am almost done with my beer, so I'll rank that. And I will say that this one is a 6.3. Okay. Pretty good. Not it's as good as the last one I had. But as far as porters go, definitely better than some of the ones we've had. Yeah, I gave mine a 4.9. Just that sucks. It's, it's drinkable, but it's not... It's like trying to be coffee, but failing, and it's That's sad. like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's fine. You could, if you like shitty coffee, you'll like it. <laughs> I feel like I could drink like uh, decaf coffee with like whiskey in it as my like sole drink. Bold, but all right. I fucking love coffee and I love whiskey. And so I feel like I could just do that all the time. Can we do like that next week? Flavored? Can we do a whiskey episode next week? Yeah, we can. Uh, I'm not going to get that creative with the type of whiskey because I don't have that many, but I will. We can just sit here and take two I shots. almost actually I did it care. tonight. I didn't really want to drink my beer, I'm not going to lie, because like, I'm ready to get out of the stout game, and we've kind of been yeah. stuck in that for a while. And That's so I almost just had like a whiskey ginger ale, but instead I did this. I have ginger right off of camera. I have ginger ale. That's what we're doing next week, whiskey gingers. Whiskey gingers. I'm in. All right. Um, what is your last topic for the evening, Mr. Kyle? Very connected to my last topic, I want to hear your take on pre-ordering video games. It's the stupidest fucking thing in the world. Okay, tell me why. Because if you you pre-order it, more often than not, the only reason to pre-order things... David, you know what? We might just need a guest next week if... if, So, write that down. We will, uh... Who's David? He's he's one of my coworkers. He's He's a good dude. Oh, I see the comment now. I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, David, talk to me at work. We'll, uh, we'll work something out here. Um, but, yeah, so for me, the only time I've ever pre-ordered a game is, like, when I go, I, like happened to go into GameStop, and they were like, pre-order the game, we'll give you a $5 gift card. But, like, there's just no benefit to it. Like, especially it, 10 years ago, sure, when there was limited qualities, quantities of everything, and... You had to get the disc specifically for the game, but now everything's digital. Like, if I pre-order a game, all that means for me anymore is the game downloads, as long as my computer or system is on, it downloads when the game releases. Well, I think it's funny that you say that, too, because I think that is one of the interesting takes on this. I agree with you. Fuck. I think 
I think pre-ordering is bad. I'll say that blanket, and then I'll yeah. give you some more reasons for it. But I think the funny thing is, is it used to be like back in the day, right? You'd you'd pre-order a game in like Halo. I think like Halo Two pre-orders, you'd get like a fucking Master Chief helmet or something yeah. ridiculous. Oh yeah, like, I remember stuff like that too. You get just like these crazy awesome things for pre-ordering this game. They gave you a true incentive to invest in the game before it came out, and the game quality was usually dope. So like Halo Two, not only did you get this awesome thing, but the game was fucking amazing. Now, everybody does pre-orders right. for everything. It's not just like the hot titles that you're pre-ordering or like lining up at midnight for. It's every single game you can pre-order and so not only are they really not offering you a tangible benefit but i i I use things like anthem as an example where you pre-ordered anthem and you paid maybe 60 70 bucks depending on what version you got and the game sucked can we talk about fucking terrible how dane made us buy that game and then i literally i beat the first level 19 times and it would not let me get past the first level well that's how it was for me with um uh, what the fuck's it called? Cyberpunk. Yeah. And I know you didn't have the same glitch, but I played the first level three times before it let me progress, and it's like, I, I pre-ordered that game. Yeah. And I still did it because I just, well, honestly, that one was a gift, so I can't say that I did it. Like, somebody paid to pre-order right. that for me for, like, Christmas or something, but, like, it was, I, I was legitimately behind the hype for that game, and the problem with, with pre-orders is they are hype-based. Yeah. And so, unless it's a true series of game, like, so I can see it I truly can see this for more of like your your standard games like your Call of Duties or Battlefields because even if the game isn't the greatest thing that you've ever heard of or seen or played, you're you're probably gonna play it. Like I wasn't that stoked for for Call of Duty Modern or yeah Modern Warfare the one that's out now with Warzone. War? Or, yeah, or, sorry, Cold War, which turned into they merged the two for Warzone. Yeah, yeah. and so I wasn't excited honestly for either of those games. But I knew I was gonna play it, right? So it didn't matter. Like I could, I could pre-order it. I could not pre-order it. I'm gonna play those games because that's what my friends play. I like first-person shooters. I'm going to play it. So if they offer me some sort of stupid benefit, maybe that's worth it for me because I'm gonna like get a battle pass for free or get. I was gonna say if you give me like the first battle battle pass for free in a game that I know I'm gonna play anyway, like I'll I'll still pre-order it. But yeah, exactly. But when it comes to like a truly unknown game series like Cyberpunk or Anthem, like we just talked about. You're getting nothing. Yeah. Even if it's an in-game benefit, if you fucking hate that game, you've just committed to giving them money. Yeah. Rather than wait, at least you should wait to do a pre-order until you hear reviews from like the guys that get the pre-releases of the game, like like game reviewers and yep. like, magazines and shit. Wait until they come out. Like IGN has a lot of um, mixed fe- people have mixed feelings about IGN, but even IGN, like if they come out and they're like, hey this game is a total flop like maybe i shouldn't pre-order that like maybe i should fucking wait for some true gameplay to come out and see what the game looks like yeah i i've never was a fan of pre-ordering games like like i said i've done it but it's like i just happened to be there and it was like oh hey we're running a special if you get the pre-order the game today you get a ten dollar gift card like in that really no benefit yeah well especially anymore because like we're saying like i said like everything is virtual like I don't. Yeah, you. Like I, a a, I haven't owned a fucking. A. I haven't bought a disc of a game since like 2018. Like, uh, yeah, it's there's just no point to it anymore. Especially like on PC, like I don't even have a disc drive in my computer. Like yep. it just 
I don't need it anymore. So it, like, why am I going to pre-order something that's going to be virtually available, especially if it's something like Call of Duty, like four or five Call of Duty launches in a row. Dane and I bought the game together, stayed up late together to play the game, and the first three hours were the servers being down because of overload. Yeah, like, yeah that's true too. So it's like shit like that happens, and it's like I, I wasted fucking purchasing this shit early. Like it was like so I said, dumb. unless they are, unless it's a well-known developer or like a well-known game series like Call of Duty or Battlefield, where you know no matter what, I'm going to buy this game, and they offer you some sort of a tangible benefit, there is no reason to do it. Yeah. If they're like, hey, we'll give you a fucking movie poster or like a game poster, I mean, yeah, nah, nah I'm good. I'm good. I've never put a poster up in my life. Like, and maybe I did when I was a kid, but I didn't. Like, I don't anymore. But yeah. either way, there's like, there is no real tangible benefit. Yeah. So I was just curious what you thought. No, that's a good that's a good topic to bring up because there's probably some people who are on the polar opposite side of us and are like, oh, oh I'm it. quite sure. I love, love knowing that I'm opinions. gonna have it, but it's like, okay, yeah, I, I. As if there's no guarantee that you're gonna get that game digitally. Yeah, it's... yeah you're, you are right that the digital age of this has really truly changed it because games did used to sell out. Yeah, which it's... was probably a contributing factor to people pre-ordering. Yeah, and I, I definitely get why pre-ordering started to be a thing, but it, at, at this point, like anybody who's trying to, you know, just say fuck it and hey i want to know i have it but like it's you don't need that anymore it's just it's so dumb it's so i want to squeeze one more thing in while we have a little bit of time this is not a full topic but i just want your opinion on something because it's in the news how do you feel about the new steam deck haven't looked at it you don't know anything about this no nope. do you know that it's a thing nope are you serious yeah 100 percent. i have no idea what you're talking about oh google it i'm doing that right now steam deck <laughs> the new steam deck ui so Steam has released a console now to compete with the Nintendo Switch. It is a handhold console based off of Ryzen, and it is a Steam interface that is mobile. First impression of it, just looking at it here, it looks better than a Nintendo Switch does. So the thing that's incredible to me about this, and the reason why I wanted to get your opinion, is it's. I think it's it's the technology is pretty incredible that... So if you look at the, there's probably a video somewhere where you're looking right now. Yeah, it's a guy, RDNA powerhouse. And if you don't have your hands on either both joystick or both of the thumb pads that they have, it's not motion controlled. But as soon as you make contact with both contact surfaces, you can motion control with the unit. Huh. So it's able to register where your fingers are making contact and That's base how it. the console functions off of that, which is pretty incredible in my opinion. Okay, so see something like this where there's like a reservation for it? Like this is something that I would do, like I'd consider. Yeah. This more so like It's than pretty a game. fucking awesome. Like this looks sick. It's not something that I need because Your I Steam bought a laptop anywhere. to be So I can play any portable, Steam but... game on this. Yeah, it, it is Steam. It is a Steam interface. That's handout. sick. Okay, yeah. So something like this game changer i cannot believe you haven't heard of this no i'm so I, glad that I, I was the first to break this news to you yeah i literally have not heard of this at it's all. pretty incredible based on the technology that i've seen so far it's the most portable pc ever made essentially mm -hmm. that's sick yeah well, it's and actually shout out to ryzen for having their chips thrown into them i think that's yeah. pretty awesome too yep zen 2 rdna it's a it's a quad core up to three and a half gigahertz overclocked which is incredible for a handheld gaming yeah. unit like that. DDR5 RAM? Like, I don't have yeah. that. 
yeah, dude, it's it's a uh, it's a pretty incredible piece of technology, and I think it's gonna be. I'm not gonna buy it. Yeah, because I don't need it. I don't have a need Same. because I have a laptop and a desktop, so I don't need to buy another PC gaming unit. But I think, as a whole, if you're not like an and I also have a Nintendo Switch, so if you're not like a Switch owner, and you don't have like a, a way to mobily game, I think this is going to be something that you should definitely take a look at because it looks like it's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, I don't have a Switch, so that's why I'm probably a little bit more intrigued about it. I do hope that graphically it can keep up. And this is also probably like the rumors behind this coming out is probably why Nintendo Switch also has the rumors of creating their, I think it's an OLED screen. Mm -hmm. And they're about to drop that in two. So they're going to have a new version of the Nintendo Switch as an OLED screen. And that's going to be more of a competitor for this unit as well. But I think the biggest problem I have, and I don't mean to make this whole topic, like I said, so I'm going to just briefly say this. Nintendo is a monopoly of certain types of games and they know no matter what people are going to pay for those yep. and so nintendo never changes their prices they never really offer deals and if their deals like are available it's like a dollar off like their yeah. deals are pretty shitty and so nintendo doesn't focus on the price base for the user steam does yeah steam does summer sales winter sales fucking Fall theme sales, sales. like they Thanks, thanksgiving sale and so they i think it is going to be a, ve- a very very cost effective mobile gaming unit and i think it's going to be pretty awesome and i hope that i get to play somebody else's because i'm probably not gonna buy my own yeah well yeah like i'm looking at it it's like 720p 60 hertz refresh rate so i mean like it's gonna still perform 720 like, at 60 in your fucking hands though it's yeah, pretty it's incredible right here like yeah yes yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible that's it and and a huge benefit to steam kind of what you're talking about with like kind of caring about the consumers five bucks to reserve one if you decide you don't want it they'll refund your five bucks yeah man if i pre-order a game i'm fucked it's pretty awesome yeah that's sick i was it, curious of your opinion you don't really have one because you have no idea what i'm talking about now you're gonna look at it and you're gonna be impressed and i'm yeah, happy about shit that. maybe i'll buy one i don't know but no that's sick it's you know that's something that we could we could probably do a whole topic on too is like how like video games essentially are monopolies in a way um, like the the main video game providers have kind of always been, and it's nice to see more and more companies, PC specifically, PC really challenging the landscape that has kind of been. Bring that up as your topic next week if you yeah. want, because I I have opinions there, and I feel like we could talk about it for a while. All so. right, might be the first planned topic we've ever had, but I'll forget about it. I've been drinking, so yeah, respect. Um, but yeah, that's been another episode of Two Average Husbands. Thank you all for tuning in. Um, make sure you give us a follow on all of our social medias um, yes. on Twitter and Instagram at 2AVGHusbands. Number two. Number, Number two, two. AVG Husbands. Number two. Um, on all other platforms, you can find us on uh, iTunes, Spotify, and Facebook. YouTube by searching 2 Average Husbands, the words. Um, but I will let Kyle wrap up here. But thank you all for tuning in this week, and we appreciate all of the support. Yeah, I don't have much else. Check out the poll on Twitter that I posted because we needed to know if key lime pie is a cheesecake because I think everyone's going to agree with me and not Jake that it is I'm, absolutely not a cheesecake. I'm pretty uh, sure every you, vote in so far is on your side. So. Yeah, that's right. And you can also follow each of us individually on Twitter. Um, uh, we have our handles up on the page here. So Jake Perry 34 and Kyle and her son spelled out that way. And hopefully uh, we get some more participation in the comments as we are now hopefully going to be continuing to play out on the Wednesday timeline. Uh, at least for the foreseeable future until Jake gets his schedule cleared up and we're able to go back to either Thursdays or Fridays and we'll keep you guys apprised of that. But that's all I've got, man. Thanks for joining us. It's been another great episode. Peace. Peace.